0: Praise the Lord. God is so good. He's so good to me, He's so good to us. It's wonderful to be together in the house of the Lord tonight. The message titled tonight, Friendship with God. Let's begin with 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life john the beloved john the apostle speaking of jesus christ one of his titles is the word of god he's the speaking out of god he's the voice of god from that which was from the beginning from eternity past he said that which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life the life was manifested and we have seen A fullness of joy, where? In the fellowship of the Father and his Son. That's where our fullness of joy is. That's where our greatest joy is. Now, there are many lesser joys that are enjoyable in this life, but nothing compares to our relationship with Jesus Christ, the the joy of knowing the Lord. That is where the fullness of joy is. That is the highest joy we can experience our fellowship, our friendship with God and his Son. In your presence, Psalm 1611, is fullness of joy. Many other joys, but fullness of joy is found only one place, in the presence of the Lord, in love and friendship with him. First John 3 and 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. It's really at times incomprehensible to us that God would love us and love us the way he does. We know this fallen world. We know the fall that has affected us all. We know what we're like inside and how we struggle with things and have to work through things. It's incredible that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts the way it has. Behold, what manner of love. Who can understand this love, the wonder of this love of God that has come to us? Sometimes we're a little untrusting, aren't we? A little cautious, even with God, because we have been befriended by people and then friended and then defriended. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. Proverbs 18:24 He that has friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That friend is God, friendship with God. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let's put our trust in him. Let's put our confidence in him. Let's walk with him like he is a covenant friend that will never break covenant and never break his trust and his word with us. James 2.23, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. He put his trust in God, he believed, not by his own works or his own effort, but a righteousness that came from God, a mercy and a forgiveness of sins that came from God alone, the gift of righteousness, the free gift of salvation. Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. John 15, 14 to 15. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer would I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer I call you servants, but I have called you friends. Don't hurt your friend. It's a very sobering thing, isn't it? To know that we can hurt our friend Jesus. That we can grieve him, that We can break his heart. Or like Peter, deny him. And the moment he did, Peter went out and wept bitterly to think that he had let his friend down the way he did, that he had treated Jesus the way he did by that denial, by his words, by his actions that night at the fire. I like the words of Bonhoeffer. We are not interested in the justification of sin. We're interested in the justification of the sinner. We're not of some, we're not of the manner of some who are more interested in the justification of sin than the justification of the sinner. We're interested in the justification of the sinner. In the Old Testament, God wept over his people. They broke his heart when they disregarded him and rejected him. Can you imagine the God of heaven weeping on the pages of the Bible? But that's exactly what he did. You can't help but hear the sob of God's heart over the rejection of him by his people. Hosea 11 and 3, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I give you up? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I set you like Zeboiim? Adma and Zeboiim were two neighboring cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed by brimstone and fire. He said, how can I give you up to that? My heart churns within me. My sympathy is stirred. God says, my compassions inside of me are rolling. I'm churned up inside with my compassion, my love, my desire for my people. Jesus experienced the same. Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. He's more than willing. But the people were not willing. Luke's account, he, he went to the brow of the hill across from Jerusalem, and the Bible says he wept over the city. Tears were running down his face at the rejection that he'd experienced by what should have been his own people and his own nation? How often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing to come? How great is the love of God! The Bible says that we are to the praise of his glory. Let the fact that we are saved and walking with God, it is the, the praise of his glory. It is to the praise of his mercy because that is the great desire of his heart to raise up men and women out of the earth to come back into friendship and fellowship with him and walk with him. How great is the love of God. John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them or pluck them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Jesus said no one is able to pluck us out of the Father's hand or out of his hand. You know, when I was young, this verse was a great comfort to me. When I was in my teenage years, this verse was a great comfort to me. I'd known the Lord from the womb. A child is so trusting. And then you come into teenage years and you got to think it through. And you've got to walk it out. And all of a sudden you're aware of the testings and the pull of the flesh and the pull of the world and many things entering in. My, I found comfort in this. No one is able to pluck me out of Jesus' hand. No man, no peer pressure, no teenagers around me, no influence at school. Nothing is able to pluck me out of his hand. That is how he holds me. He's my shepherd. He walks with me. When you're first saved, sometimes you don't have enough track record to know you're saved. And scriptures like this, in the times of your struggle, in the times of your doubt, and the times of your wondering, the Holy Spirit and Jesus come to you and whisper in your heart, no one is able to pluck you out of my hands. I have you. Give me your heart. Walk with me. I'll shepherd you. I'll take care of you. The incredible friendship of God for his people. John chapter 14, 21 to 23. Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. We're not lawless. We're under the disciplines of the Holy Spirit. We're under the ordinances and counsels of the word of God. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest or reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we father son father son and Holy Spirit and we will come to him and make our home with him we show our love by obedience There's no other way. We show our love by adoration and obedience to the Lord. We walk with him. Jesus said, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. That's the proof of our love, the proof of our repentance, the proof of our born-again spirit and nature and life in Christ. And then Jesus said, we will come and make our home with him. We will come and make our home with him. God wants to set a home in place. And he doesn't want to live alone. He said, I want a son, I want a daughter. And God makes his home with us, and we live in the beauty of his presence. And you know what a home is like. God says, I'm going to come. This I'm going to reveal myself to every person. Now, this isn't a collective thing necessarily in this verse. It's God saying, I want to come to each believer individually. And I want to make my home with him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming into intimate relationship and friendship, parenting. You know what a home is like. Provision, security, joy, laughter, peace provision on the table, joy, vision, future, inheritance, purpose. If a man loves me, he will keep my words and we will come to him and make our abode with him. How great is this friendship we have with God? Well, let's go to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. It's a beautiful chapter. I'm going to refer to verse 1 and then to some scriptures down toward the end of the chapter. It begins with, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? And so we see in this chapter, as many times in Proverbs, that wisdom is personified until it is really a person. Wisdom is crying out. Christ is the wisdom of God. He's personified. He's spoken of in the scriptures as the wisdom of God and as the word of God. So the first scripture we looked at tonight, the word of life was manifested. Jesus Christ is the word of God. It means he's the voice of God. He's the one who speaks for God. He is the speaking out of God to a world. And he was in eternity past, that which was from the beginning. In John's Gospel, he said, in the beginning was the Word, this voice. There's never been a time that Jesus has not been speaking. In eternity past, he was speaking. In the Old Testament, he was speaking. And now in these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son once again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Nothing that was made, the Bible says, was made without him. All things that are made were made by him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus Christ, the word of God. And Jesus Christ, as we'll see here in Proverbs 8, the wisdom of God. You can't miss the language if you look at it. The word of God in John chapter 1 and the wisdom of God in Proverbs chapter 8 are the same person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior and our friend. Let's go down in the chapter now to verse 22. Proverbs eight twenty-two. The Lord, the word is there, Jehovah. In some translations, it's capitalized, all four letters. It's Jehovah. Jehovah the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. The wisdom of God, Jesus when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. That's the Son of God. That's Jesus in the presence of his Father. I was a master craftsman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. What is this? Rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. These are glorious words. Jesus, our Savior, in eternity past, before the world was brought forth, he was in the presence of his Father, he was delighting in his Father. What a home that was. What a blessing that was. Listen to an excerpt from Praying Hide. He brings it forth in this way. I was daily his delight, or I was daily in his delight. Jesus in the presence of his Father. The Son in the presence of his Father. How many sons and daughters do we have in the presence of their Father today and tonight? Jesus says, I was daily his delight I was daily in his delight. This is the father's love being showered upon his own son. No wonder that in such a home, the son should say that he was always rejoicing before him. Hallelujah. We get a glimpse into heaven, into heaven's home. Jesus in eternity past, in the presence of his Father, rejoicing with his Father, laughing and delighting himself in their friendship and in their companionship. And then Jesus turned and he said, Father, not only am I going to rejoice in you, but let's create a world and I want to rejoice in that inhabited world and I want to find my delights with the sons of men. I want to find my friendship This delight we have together, this joy, this fellowship we're having, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we need to pour that out into a world. Let's create a world of men and women, and let's bring them into the same delight. Truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to the expanded Bible in verse 30 to 31. I was like a child, a nursling, or craftsman or architect. So the language goes both ways. The King James said in the marginal, I was as one brought up with him. I was as one brought up with him. It's like a son with the father. And we understand that. We're being brought up with the father, aren't we? He's leading us and guiding us. Jesus said, I was like a child, a nursling, but also he was the craftsman. He spoke the world into being an architect by his side. I was delighted playing every day, enjoying laughing in his presence all the time. Enjoying laughing with the inhabitants of the whole world and delighted playing with all its people, hallelujah. The father and son, delighting, laughing. The Hebrew word literally means laughing. Jesus was in the presence of his father in eternity past, laughing in his presence all the time, enjoying their friendship, their conversation, things they talked about. Now they had some serious matters to look after, and they still do. Father and Son have to take some time and Holy Spirit and counsel about this world and deal with some serious things. But that doesn't mean that after the business of the day is done, they can't get back to friendship and laughter and rejoicing and enjoying one another's presence again. And Jesus said, that is how I'm going to be in the habitable world. I'm going to raise up sons and daughters in this earth that know me and love me, and my delights are going to be with them, and I'm going to bless them, and our friendship will be full. A.B. Simpson said, when this world was made, when the mountains were settled and the fountains and rivers were opened, God was thinking of us. The Holy Spirit was planning for our happiness and welfare. And that's exactly what Proverbs chapter 8 teaches. Jesus rejoicing in the presence of his Father, delighting daily in him, And then he turned and said, let's pour it out into a world. I want to rejoice in the habitable world. And I want my delights to be the same with the sons and daughters of men. The laughter of God, laughing, enjoying, friendship with God. I trust this can get into our spirit because that's what the Lord wants. Sarah was given promise of a son. She was past childbearing age barrenness in the earth, barrenness in a human life. And the Lord came to her and sir, said to her, you're going to have a son. There's going to be something born inside your womb. Though It's going to be born of God. It's going to be a miracle of God. And when that child comes forth, you're going to call him Isaac because I want his name to be laughter, says God. I want laughter coming out of my people. I want enjoyment coming out of my people. I want friendship coming out of my people. I want delight coming out of my people, says the Lord, in in my relationship with them. I want them to laugh and sing and enjoy me, and we rejoice together. And Sarah said, when that child was born, the seed of promise, Christ in me, the hope of glory, she said God has made me to laugh and all that here will laugh with me it's going to be a laughing people it's going to be rejoicing people it's going to be people who know their friendship with God and how to delight in the Lord delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart this is my beloved son In whom I am well pleased this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased that father didn't want to just say that over his son Jesus at his baptism and at the height of his ministry he wants to say those words over every one of us you are my beloved son I love you I care for you I want to make my home with you let's laugh together let's play together let's live together Martin Smith, put down those words. I'm so sorry I let you down. So I'm singing the best I know how. Come on. We know ourselves. We know the turmoil sometimes. We know the trial. We know the enemy attack. We know the warfare. We know the pull of people and of this world and all the things that interact down inside of us. Things we want to reject and we spurn pride and we crucify the flesh, but there's a warfare on us and sometimes we feel that we, we, like we let him down. But let's sing with all our might. Let him take us, he'll carry us, he'll hold us, he'll lift us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, let's have the worship team come. Proverbs 8:32 to 36. Final words of Proverbs 8. Now, therefore, I mean, this is the wisdom of God. This is Jesus speaking. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. and Do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the lord but he who sins against me wrongs his own soul all those who hate me love death let's stand together tonight let's hear the wisdom of the lord tonight Let's respond. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You say, I need the wisdom of God. I need to follow Jesus. Open up your heart. He's calling to you. That's the tender call of God. That's the heart of Jesus Christ in Proverbs 8. Listen to me. Blessed are those who walk in my ways. Blessed are those who hear my instruction. Don't, Don't disdain my words. Walk in my counsel. I will bless you. I will prosper you. You'll have friendship with God. If you're here tonight and don't know Jesus, you're following afar off, please make your way down to this altar and say, Jesus, I give myself to you. I want to be your friend. I want you to be my friend. I want to walk with you. I want to have laughter and joy and life in me because of your presence. Hallelujah. Or maybe you're here and you need to refriend the Lord. Some drift has set in, some waywardness, things that pull you away from His presence. The Bible says, "Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you." Come close to the Lord. Jesus said to that church at Ephesus, "You have left your first love." Well, who is your first love? It's Jesus. He said, you've, you've left your first love. Come back to me. Come back with passion. Come with fire in your spirit. Come with a desire to keep the words of the Lord and the commandments of God by the Holy Spirit and walk in the ways of the Lord righteously. Refriend the Lord tonight. You need to draw near to the Lord. You can do that where you are. If you'd like to come down to the front, just say, Jesus, I'm giving you to myself again. Things have crept in, voices and friendships and world things, and I find myself separated. I can only live one place in that intimate companionship with you. That's where my life is found. These things, scriptures tonight, these things were written that our joy might be full in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's worship the Lord together.